Alright, are you going to start it? You never let me start it. Here, start it. Hello, and welcome to Dopey, the podcast about drugs, addiction, and dumb shit. My name's Chris. I'm Dave. How are you guys? It feels like it's been forever, but you heard us last week. I haven't seen Chris in, uh... Three weeks? Three weeks. Not on how I've missed him. (laughs) And today is a very exciting day, because I've been trying to get this guest for months. And I've talked about... My friend Todd, but that's a different Todd. That's a, a friend who's okay. out there. God bless him. Today, we have my other friend Todd, and here he is. Welcome to Dopey. It's really good to be here. <laughs> you can't clap for yourself. I want to say this. Before you say anything, I just want to say this. Todd, uh, I, I met Todd in the rooms. In that's some right. rooms, yeah, some yeah. place in yeah. Manhattan. And, uh, and Todd, like... He has the best shares. He, it's like I like to. Ch- don't make him nervous. Ooh, the You're pressure's make him nervous. I don't care. Uh, when um when I because Chris always accuses me of right. just sharing for laughs. Right, dude. And, that's all. He, after he shares, he's like, "Did I get any laughs?" And then I'm like, "Yeah, you got some laughs." He's like, "Were they belly laughs?" <laughs> but but so Todd, when Todd shares, it's like a fucking comedy club, and the place falls out. I swear to God. And if Todd's not feeling it one day, he like hides. Because he yeah, like totally he doesn't want out. he doesn't want somebody to to because needy he has material. The other day I shared. What? Let me ask you a different question though. Are you sharing because the laughter makes you feel complete and worthy? Me? Yes. Because that's why this guy. Shared. That is not uh, true. Oh, wow. Would you think I share for that? No, I don't. I don't. He does. I don't. I think I you care. It. I think you care. I share because I care. I think you care. Not because I. I yeah. It makes me feel yeah. good. Doesn't laughter yeah. make you yeah. feel good, Todd? Yeah. When the room falls out, does, don't you feel good? Yeah, but I have a confession. Please. I, I, the reason I don't share that much, is because and I'm working on this. I. I judge other people's shares. Who doesn't? And I'm like, I'm like, people will be like, oh, I'm like, oh my god, she's gonna speak again. She's gonna talk about her cat again. Right. Oh, that's shit. You know. Yeah. Oh, I, can we curse? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. you okay. sure fucking okay. can. <laughs> shit, motherfucker. So, so actually, that's something I'm trying to work on because it's really none of my business. Right. Right. Judging. Yeah. Judging shares is probably not a spiritual practice. In yeah. Terms Dude, of- everybody's judging in shares. Yeah. Judging in shares. That's that's just common for. Anybody. Chris, do you judge shares? Of course. What are you rating I've it gotten, by? I've gotten better about it. You know what I mean? Where I can even like get something from somebody I can't stand and. That might just be patience. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I've had that experience. <laughs> that that one meeting I was going to, this woman would always come in after the qualification, and then which drove me crazy. And then, she says, and oh then she'd God. raise my hand. Then she'd raise her hand and she'd go to the speaker. I really identified with what you were saying, and I was I would just go crazy. I'd be like, "But you didn't hear it. You didn't hear it. This isn't fair." But then this is the who. Once I got past my anger. She has the most amazing things to say, and I always identify with whatever she says. What you can put it behind you. Dude, this one motherfucker at our meeting, he shows up with five minutes left, and then he stays for the business meeting, and he makes the business meeting an hour. He keeps on objecting and not agreeing to things. Like, he doesn't even make it to the regular meeting, you know? It drives me (laughs) We've got a couple of those, too. (laughs) But Chris said one of the smartest things I ever heard about uh, meetings and sharing. Remember what you said about it? I felt good. Remember what you said? Todd was playing. I, just, I didn't know, realize it was your foot. Your I have my foot on your foot and I'm like, like rubbing mm. it. I'm like, sorry. <laughs> I like, thought it was like a dog toy or something. I don't have a dog. <laughs> That's why I thought it was weird. Do I remember what I said once about Chris? Meetings? Chris once told me that, uh, that he doesn't share anymore yeah. because, do you remember what you said? Yeah, I I usually will start my shares with that if I do share. I don't share because I'll rehearse what I'm going to say, and it's usually some sort of egoic rumination yeah. to either sound better than or worse than, or to sound worse than, which then makes me better than. It's like you know if he's more depraved mm-hmm. than the rest. But the best, that's the only half I, of what I, he said. The other half was he said he'd only share if there were cute girls at the meeting. Oh, yeah. Uh, if there's somebody yeah. in there, yeah, then I'll... But um, I'll be speaking to them. So the other day we're at our meeting, and uh, and I hadn't shared in a long time, and like I had just gotten my year, and I barely said anything for my year. I just there were like twenty people getting coins, and I just figured everybody. Would. But then nobody shared at that at that uh, anniversary. Meeting. The one that just happened. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And, and like we got through twenty celebrants in in 
20 minutes. Yeah, like half the people didn't show up. Um, really? So then, so then last week, uh, so Todd shares, and he crushes the room. Oh, dear. And then I share. I'm like, I really hate to follow Todd <laughs> sharing. But you were great. No. You were great. But t- Yeah, he, like, warmed him up for you. Yeah. Gave it no, noise. no, Todd was the... <laughs> were you was, pissed? I was pissed at myself. <laughs> really? You sit next to him, you're like, he's like... <laughs> I was reaching over you, so they call me first. I was pissed at myself. I was pissed at myself. But Todd is, um... Todd, tell that, tell that story. That story is hysterical. Wait, the what? share the other day? Wait, yeah. Can, oh. we, can we say where we just saw Todd? Is that allowed? The video you showed us? Oh, uh, hell yeah. Why not? Yeah, yeah sure, sure. So we just saw Todd on the Martha Stewart show, which is vintage. pretty darn cool. Vintage. Yes, vintage. Oh, yeah, he has pleated khakis, tucked in long turtleneck, the whole nine. <laughs> but I thought he was great on it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. But, dude, you weren't letting, letting it fly, though. You were very, like, reserved. I've never seen you that reserved in my life. Well, because I was... Heavily sedated. <laughs> what were you on in that video? Uh, codeine, I think codeine, and, and as I said, I think this was like 1997. Um, I believe there was Percodan, not Percocet. If I'm, if I'm, I don't know when they transitioned. Chris is our. Oh, no, it's the same thing. They're both just oxycodone and Tylenol. It's yeah. the same thing. Yeah. You know okay. who is addicted to Percodan? Who? Krusty the Clown. Was he? He's like, my Bergadan addiction's got me again. <laughs> um, but uh, I bet Martha would have been pissed if you let it out. Like, if you gave her the full-on Todd. Because you would have stolen the show, and Martha's yeah. so buttoned down. Yeah, but I mean, as I was saying, those were... Um, I wish qualifications could be done like those segments, because they were videotaped so they could edit them later. Yeah, but so I if think... You just, if you went, ah, uh, or, ah, uh, you know, they could just... Right. They just, said, just keep. They, they were like, "Keep talking. We're gonna. We're gonna fix it later." On Dopey, we've never. We only. We try to edit out names when we can. Apologies to this one person who we've never remembered to remember to cut her name out. Yes. But besides her, we've cut all sorts of names out. But besides that, we've. Well, never- no, we have edited real time because Dave will start telling a story that he shouldn't be saying. And he'll tell it for five to ten minutes, and I'll be like, we have to go back and delete all that. Yeah. Uh, he has to censor himself a little bit. I can Ooh. say whatever the hell I yeah. want, right, right, but right. he has to censor himself. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. what happens when you have a family. <laughs> but uh, tell the story, Todd. Oh, my... Um, that my, was a funny story. My doctor story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I reconnected with somebody that I dated 20 years ago. And I last saw him 10 years ago. And so he was coming over. So we reconnected through Facebook. And then uh, he started texting me. And um, he said, well, let's, let's meet for drinks. And all of a sudden, I, I don't know why, I just kind of panicked. I was like, oh, sh- shit. But... Because um, he doesn't know that you don't Yeah, he doesn't know. Yeah. So then what happened was... Because you used to get, like... Used to I I, re- I I got really I, I really partied with him and I thought we we partied a lot together and um that was kind of just how I coped back then. How long were you with this guy? You guys? Oh, we dated for maybe a year. Exclusive. But then, then like, well, no, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Oh god, no, it wasn't exclusive. Wasn't exclusive, and we would go to these. Uh, Let it out, Todd. Yeah, we would, we, <laughs> Let would, it out. we would go to these wild. Wild sort of sex, drug, parties. Tell us about one of those. Oh no! <laughs> no, wait. no, no, no! I mean, it's just use your imagination. I you feel know, like I heterosexuals just... miss out because there isn't any wild heterosexual drug sex party. That is so not true. It is you true. just don't there, get invited. There is not. No, I remember. I remember in the late eighties. I don't even know how they let me in. There was, in the meatpacking district, there was, you know, nightly parties. But they still packed meat back then. Yeah, right? yeah, but at night it would all change. Oh, yeah. But anyway, um, uh, then they were packing I thought, other meats at yeah, night. Yeah, I thought I was going <laughs> to, like, gay night or whatever, like, you know, guy-guy night. And it was um, fetish, S&M, straight night. And I don't know how they let me in. Not that I'm gay, but that the rule was guys could not come in alone. They had to come with a woman. And you have to be in your underwear, right? Yeah, yeah, you have to undress. Yeah. So somehow they ushered me in, and there were all these straight guys on all fours with leashes with their their girlfriends, you know, spanking them and stuff. Like billions. Like billions. And I just found it fascinating. (laughs) 
So See, but that's not the a, kind of night just you just observe. For? Were you an observer that night? Yeah, I was an observer. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just drank beer and you know, <laughs> took Perkins. <laughs> but Chris isn't looking for an all four on a leash thing. He's looking for wall to wall drugs and sex with, no, with yeah. women. No, so I'm saying I he doesn't want like, a ball in his well, mouth. He doesn't well, want like a how, cat of nine tails. No, or whatever. I just well, how like, can you not find it if I'm like gay and know about all these things? Well, no, it's more. It's more what I'm saying is just that like I feel like straight people missed out. Like kind of like gay people got in on that chem sex crystal meth scene and I'm like I wish that existed for straight people it doesn't it's cause women aren't like men that's the difference isn't it yeah cause dudes just wanna fuck yeah Yeah. well women wanna fuck too but not in the same way yeah it's different. Anyways, we interrupted him on this his but, story. He was oh yes yeah oh so yes. so anyway so, so sex party you're exclusive yeah. not exclusive with the guy no and, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. so anyway um so we we stayed in touch but I think it had been ten years since I had seen him. So somehow I said, um, come meet me at the apartment and we'll sit out on the terrace. So I qualified at, um, at a meeting at four. So I got out at five. And so I was kind of racing home to sort of get his apartment ready for yeah, wild sex. No, 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 no. This was going to just be just, yeah. you know, vacuum and all that stuff. But then on my way home, I was kind of in a panic and I was like, oh, I'll stop at a liquor store and I'll buy some of those little bottles. Nips. Is that yeah. what they're called? I call yeah. them airport one, airplane yeah, yeah. stuff. Anyway, but I couldn't do that because I was walking home with somebody from the meeting <laughs> and we were talking about like the meeting and the program and he was counting days and he was saying, oh, you have such good sobriety and that was really <laughs> good to hear you. And I'm like, how could I say, oh, hold on a minute. I just yeah. had to go to this <laughs> liquor store <laughs> and buy some little bottles of vodka. <laughs> but don't worry, it's for my friends. Yeah. <laughs> but it truly was. So, so instead, like I ended up um, uh, just um, going straight home without getting any any liquor, and then when my friend Brian came over, um, Doctor Doctor Brian, Ryan. yeah, he's right. a doctor, so I'm not giving him away because I'm not saying a last name. Right? Yeah. yeah, I thought Brian was his last name. No, no, I'm first just kidding. I'm just oh, kidding. Jesus <laughs> Christ, getting a heart attack. <laughs> anyway, you know, he came over and you know we hugged and it was nice to see him. He looked great and everything. And I I said, oh, you know, do you want something to drink? And I said, I don't. All I have is you know, diet Pepsi and Pellegrino or whatever. And he's like, he goes, well, I don't drink. And I was like, really? And I was like, um, when did you stop drinking? And he said, um, 1988. And I said, but we, we partied together. We drank so much together, you know, cause we were together in, um, like the late nineties. And he said, no, Todd, you drank and partied. I never did. You didn't even know that. I, you yeah. <laughs> oh my god! I just thought, you know, it yeah. didn't. It never occurred to me. It just shows you how self-absorbed. Oh yeah. One you know what that story reminds me of? <laughs> that story reminds me of uh, that po- the footsteps poster, and, and it's like the God carrying. Yeah, thing? because he thought he was. He thought they were both drinking, and right. it's really Todd was doing the drinking <laughs> yeah. for both of them. Yeah, and so. So then, so then we started, you know, it turns out he's in the program and, and I thought that he was going to tell me, um, just cause you know, I, I thought I knew him. I thought he was going to just tell me, oh yeah, you know, I, I just, you know, drank too much or whatever. But in, instead he just, he just tells me this story about almost dying and almost losing his, um, doctor's license that he was, um, shooting up morphine, you know, and he'd hmm. become this total morphine addict and he was mixing it with other chemicals. I don't know what he didn't, you know, go into detail and he was bringing himself to the point of death and then he would bring himself back. Mm. And I was just like, wow. And, and once again, of course, like I thought I knew this person yeah. really well. And I just thought it was amazing. But then we started, you know, we were talking about the program and I felt closer to him ever. And then, um, uh, then we, this is terrible. Then I, 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 this was not my intention. I can't believe I'm going to say this for it. I hate you. <laughs> I, I, I haven't said a word. I'm very excited to hear this. We had wild sex. Like we had not, you know, been <laughs> together and what's wrong that with that? I, well, because this is, this is the twisted part. Yeah. I got so turned on when he found out he was in the program. 
that like, I just got really <laughs> turned on. Like, something, yeah. like, it was just, you know, it was just bizarre. But also, you... Could you have ever envisioned that that would be a turn-on for you? No! <laughs> That's no, funny. no. That's no. Funny. But then, then, then he was like, well, you know, when, when he laughed, he was like, well, we should get together again. And this is, I'm, this is so twisted. I was like, can we go to a meeting first? <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, That's my God. Awesome. <laughs> And then awesome. in a year, you're like, can we do it in the bathroom at the meeting? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But I didn't share that part when I, when I share. I, 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 edit, I edit my shares in meetings. You oh, censor. I didn't, yeah, censor. Yeah. yeah, I didn't like, I don't, I don't share anything sexual. Yeah. I don't want somebody to be like, I can't hear this. This isn't good for my sobriety. Sure, sure. There's time and place. Actually, because wait, at, at, at RF, at my morning meeting. I can bleep that. Um, at my morning, sorry, my morning meeting. I was the secretary for a while. That was my service position, which I hated. I hated it. Um, well, you had to take notes and stuff? You had to take notes. I was nervous. And um, I just remembered at, at one of the meetings, um, somebody actually said that they, they couldn't, they didn't, they didn't want to hear profanity at the meeting. They wanted profanity, you know, ruled out. Outlawed at the meeting. They said that. Yeah, this is. So and you so, felt you had a monitor. Well, so so I'm like writing everything down. Everyone's saying, and so then, literally, this is so AA. There became a debate of profanity. Like which words? Like are which profane. words? And so literally, someone said, like, raised their hand. Fuck shit. Well, cock, someone pussy. raised their hand and said, "Well, what if I say pussy? Is that you know profanity? You know?" And so then, then somebody raised their hand and was like. Um, I cannot hear that word. That is not that. That is not good for my my sobriety. I might go out. But who at a meeting is like, well, I'm, I'm going to get pussy. You're a pussy. I mean, yeah. in what context? Well, well, they were saying like, you know, if I'm talking about a pussy cat or pussy willow. Um, but it's different to say, or I felt like such a pussy that day, or I'm going to go out and get me some pussy. Yeah, it's much different right. context, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But when this one person said that they they did, they couldn't hear the word pussy because they were afraid they would drink. All I wanted to do was go pussy, 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 right, pussy, right, pussy. Right, right, right. <laughs> so that is funny. Yeah. Um, so mm. we just got this email from this guy, and I'm, mm. that's not the email I'm going to read. But this, there's a, a kid, a very sweet kid, who wrote this message to us on Facebook. His name is Chase, and it was very much like, "I love your show," uh, and he's struggling with drugs, mm. uh, and he is like. But do you guys think you could ever talk a little bit about recovery? Because we it's only... an early recovery, right? Early recovery. Right. So, like, I, I was thinking about it, and we bear Like, I was also listening to an old episode where I was like, this show is not about recovery. This show was is like the about first couple drugs. Of it, yeah. But now the show is, like, kind of a mix. And, uh, and Chris is dead set that it's 80% drugs and 20% recovery, but who the fuck cares? The point is, I want to talk about early recovery because there are people that listen to the show, Stay Strong, Dopey Nation, uh, that uh, struggle, and, and like I think we should talk a little bit about early recovery. Yeah. So what do you think about early recovery, Todd? What, my experience? Yeah. Um, well, I was just saying how, you know, I was a little shithead. I mean, I was so freaked out in recovery, and... Um, I just thought, oh my God, if this is, if this is recovery, if this is life without drugs and booze, like, what's the point? Like, what's the point? Totally. Then when I finally, finally got to my first AA meeting, cause I lied in, um, in rehab and said I was going to meetings. But you were? Well, it was, I was in an outpatient rehab, which I was already had resentments that I was an outpatient cause I wanted to go away. Why didn't you? Uh, my insurance wouldn't cover it. But I did find, I found, I found one um, detox place that was either in Florida or Arizona. And Chris they, has been to both. They were gonna, they, <laughs> no, they were going to put me in a coma for five days. Rapid opiate detox. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I thought that sounded like brilliant. Yeah. Chris, did thought, you ever do that? No. I'm shocked. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was, um, I was seeing a, uh, a psychologist at that point. And she just, she just lost it. She was like, you're, you're, you're so fucked up. That is like the stupidest thing I've ever heard of, you know? And so she, she steered me towards, um, outpatient 
you know, she said, because what's, she was like, what's the follow-up? You know? What did they do for the actual detox? That I, that I did? Yeah. Um, oh, they just gave me that, those like, those like silly drugs. Um, Clonidine. Yeah, all that yeah, stuff yeah. that, that did nothing. I was, yeah. I was, a, I was nasty. <laughs> I, I was, I was, it was pathetic. I was 52 and I was just, would sit there with my arms crossed like a little bratty teenager being like, fuck this shit. Yeah. You know, I was just full of resentments. And, um, and anyway, so, so getting back to full of resentments, part of the requirement to do the outpatient was you had to go to um, NA or AA meetings every day and you had to get a sponsor and you had to start doing the steps. And I just thought, well, that's the stupidest thing in the world. I just gave you guys five grand. You know, and I was like, I'm not like doing extra homework. Like you, you guys have to like fix me. Yeah. You know, it's, it's enough that I've showed up and I'm not doing drugs. So I was just like a little, a little shithead. So I would sit in the meetings with my arms crossed and when they got to me and they would say, Todd, you know, how many meetings did you go to this week? I just lied. I just said, I I went to like, I went to five meetings this week and they were like, do you have a sponsor? And I was like, yeah. And they were, and I, What's his name? I made up a name. I said my sponsor's name was Mark. Yeah, and they and were. It's ironic because his sponsor's name is Mark. Oh, no, I didn't even make that connection. My sponsor, <laughs> current sponsor, is named Mark. So, and then, um, and then they were like, "Are you doing the steps?" And I didn't know what the steps were, but I just said yes. And they were like, "You know, what step are you on?" And I was like, "Sixteen. Like, no, like, yeah, no, it's kind of like Sarah Palin when they were asking her what magazines did she read. I was like. I'm doing all of that. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, You know, so, so, um, but anyway, eventually, uh, at this, at this detox place, they were closed on weekends, but you could go, you had to show up, uh, within like two hours of a time that they were there to get your daily medications because they couldn't give you more than a day's worth because they knew you do. Well, they knew I would take them all. (laughs) So, um, the nurse was, the nurse was late. She didn't show up, and so we were all waiting outside, and, you know, the women that were running the nail shop were getting really annoyed because they are just a bunch of addicts outside pacing back and forth and freaking out. And, um, and so um, I was okay, but then I, 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 I started talking to this one guy, and it turns out he was named Mark, not, not my Mark sponsor, a different Mark. And he was like, you know, dude, do you go to – he was like this little, like this cool 30-year-old straight guy. And he was like, you know, dude, do you go to, do you go to meetings? And I was like, I kind of like whispered. I was like, no, I, I don't. I don't really, like, I don't believe in the meetings. It doesn't work for me. <laughs> and he's like, well, have you been to a meeting? I was like, well, no. I mean, I've been to like, <laughs> I've been to like a few NA meetings, but I didn't like those, yeah. you know. And, and so um, he's like, you should, you should, you should, we should go to a meeting. So um, after we got our meds, we, we walked across town I remember we ate and it was the first day talking to somebody that this is back to early recovery was the first day that in 30 days that I, I felt kind of alive mm. like I felt good like I had a friend and I and this was somebody that was I was listening to and that somebody that I identified with and that felt good so fellowship fellowship but I remember that we um I was so freaked out um from from detoxing from all the shit that I was on that um, we stopped at a restaurant, and it was the first time I'd eaten. I mean, because I just hadn't been eating. I'd just been drinking Diet Coke for like a month. I'd lost so much weight, but it didn't look good. I looked like a drug addict. Well, I was a drug addict. But um, uh, we stopped and ate, and I think, you know, after the meal, he said, I just got to use the bathroom. And he was probably gone for just two minutes or whatever the normal amount of time is one goes to the bathroom. You thought he left. <laughs> I thought, no, I didn't even think he left. I thought I had imagined him. <laughs> I thought because they cleared away the plates and all of a sudden I was by myself and I was like where'd he go I was like what happened but I was such a mess and I was literally and so I thought you know he was gone for like an hour and then you he know? just walks back and then he like walked back I was like where were you what happened I was getting really like, like I was just freaking out but then um, we walked and we went to I went to my first meeting and um it was amazing. I mean, as soon as I sat down, first off, every, nobody was smoking in the meeting, but everybody was smoking outside, so they smelled like cigarettes, and it just smelled very real. I just felt, I actually teared up. You found home. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm, I'm so shallow that um, 
there was a very famous director of film sitting next to me. Which legitimized the program. And I, <laughs> totally. And I just thought, so I like completely forgot for a minute that I was like in pain and detoxing, had a pounding, you know, post colonopin. Was it Spike Lee? I'm not going to say. <laughs> but um, anyway, um, I just thought, well, this is just the coolest ever. Yeah. And of course, every meeting that I you went were to hoping after he that. Would be there. No, I was hoping just for Eddie. I was like, well, we're the celebrities. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, right. I was like, you know. Yeah. But um, but that that kind of that kind of like started it. And then I realized that um, at the meeting that I would go to one, I would go to that same meeting every day. It was right around where I lived, right on the corner from where I lived. That um, for one hour a day, I wasn't aware of the pain I was in. Yeah. Like I was just. And what do you think totally, that is? What do you think well, that I is? Well, I mean, like, dude, everything you're saying resonates so much. It took a lot longer. I was like in and out of meetings constantly. Right. Do you know what I mean? But I was kind of forced into it. But it's like. Um, I heard somebody say in, in rehab once, um, actually it was a guy, a counselor that worked there. And I think I've said this before on the show, but he was like, you know, he's like, I stopped using and my life got worse. And like, for some reason, like my ears perked up because what I had been hearing is people saying over and over, like I stopped using and like the, the clouds parted and the sun right. hit my face and the birds started chirping and it was great. And I was like, that's never been my experience. Every time I've stopped drinking or using you know, the consequences might have gone away a little bit, but my life got much worse because I was a nervous fucking wreck. Because you weren't used to not being hot. I was, yeah, but it's also, yeah. like, it gets deeper than that. It's, it, I was lonely, it was deeper than that. It's like, um, it's like when, it, when an infant's born, right? And um, they're with the mother constantly, and eventually the mother starts spending time away from them. And that's when, like, a baby learns to self-soothe, you know, and they suck their thumb, right? And they basically, the mother leaves, and like, they're fucking crying, and then they find their thumb, and they suck on it, and they stop crying. And so, like, uh, as an alcoholic, I like to kind of, like, use, like, th that metaphor where it's, like, I self-soothe through using substances. You know, that was the solution right. to the problem. So you take those away, and I'm just that nervous fucking baby. I'm restless, irritable, and discontent. And I'm fucking crazy. And the reality is, and I didn't get this until, like, I finally started to, like, experience something, is, like, even today, I would choose alcoholic oblivion and everything that comes with that. Jails, institutions, and death. Hmm over feeling restless, irritable, and discontent. Yeah. And it was through that experience that you were talking about, going to meetings, identifying with people, eventually working the steps, that I started to realize, like, I don't have to have that baseline nervousness that has characterized my entire life, and I've medicated with putting chemicals in my body. But slow right? down for a second, because this is, this is kind of an important thing, I think, that what do you think the difference between... Because, like, we've all been the nervous baby and then we've all found some like calm you know some ease yeah. but that transition because you, you you know you, you talk about it and then but it's that transition that keeps people from staying clean number one because it doesn't happen fast enough yeah, so what do you do in the bad times of early recovery to make it okay well it's all just like the rehearsed gobbledygook in a no 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 I have three thing. I have three things well, what are your cake Television oh. and lying down. That's true. Yeah, yeah. And also, there's going to be a little <laughs> self -care. bit self-care. There's movies. Self -care. Yeah. And there's going to be a little bit just to bear. And that's early recovery. It's right. fucking Ben and Jerry's and fucking reruns of. Whatever. I hate to say it, it's such a cliche, but it does get better. But it which? Does. What? Let's just. What? What? And your, just so you know, this is not dopey. What we're talking about right, <laughs> right now. Like, I just want to fill him on. It's good we're doing it. I'm glad we're doing this. But like, it's a nice Todd, change Todd of pace. should know that. Like, he's. He stepped in on one of the more serious episodes. Here. He stepped into a. The I just wanted to put a little recovery you know, out there. Good. A lot of people we are writing about fans it. too. The fan request. But I also, I also, I mean, if you had to have, what was your thing in in that early recovery? Like, what was something that you did that what was made your you vice, your yeah. crutch? Yeah. Oh, um, Cool Ranch Doritos and Diet Coke, and, and I love Lucy. I love Lucy. I love Lucy because uh, it 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 plays in New York. On one of the stations at five in the morning, they do six episodes back to back. Chris, have you ever seen I Love Lucy? Yeah, yeah. I used and to so, watch it on uh, Nick at Night. It was literally. It was. This is like a god moment. The, my first day of recovery was the first episode. Like it, the cycle had just. Started. It was perfect. <laughs> no, it was perfect. So, so every and I, I didn't sleep. Like I couldn't sleep really. I would just kind of blank out for a little while, but I wasn't sleeping. And I was just freaking out, and so I'd, I'd be up at you know, three in the morning. And then at five o'clock I'd, 
I'd watch I Love Lucy, and I literally, I remember, um, and then I'd, you know, I'd go to my meeting later in the day, but basically I just laid on the bed all day watching TV. But I remember with I Love Lucy, when, um, when they go to California, I was like, oh, great, you know, because I knew I was like a little further along. Like, that's in my mind how I was, how I was counting days. Right. So when they finally moved to Connecticut, I was like, right. I was like feeling noticeably <laughs> better. Yeah. You get your chip, you're yeah. like, they went to California. Yeah. But then the crazy thing is, is that I remember going to Provincetown that summer and somebody was qualifying at a meeting and they said the same thing. That, that they got sober watching I Love Lucy. Hmm. And I was like, but then that has that whole thing with, you know, you, you like just identify with other people. I'm, I'm such a TV addict that when, when I talk about like turning my will and care over to the power of a show that I can relate to, <laughs> it's like every show. Like yeah. I'll watch like, like people like, like people ask me if I watch a show and I watch, I like watch everything to the point. That's what I would do. Uh, to get better, I guess when I for, when I really got clean though, I was working. Yeah. So I just fucking would work, and it work was meeting TV. Yeah. Well, yeah. Work meeting TV and and sweets. Sweets. Sweets and sweets and sweets and sweets. You know, I have a recovery show. I'm such a nerd. I started watching Star Trek. That's no, that's that's good. Yeah, that's good. Well, Star Trek though, old Star Trek the, the, or the, the, the next generation? The, the, no, no, the original series. And I started working backwards because I wanted like the better CGI. Mm-hmm. So I started with Enterprise, which is the most serious, most recent series. Then I went to Voyager. Then I went to Deep Space Nine. Now I'm on the Next Generation, and all that's left is the original series. Yeah. But for Star Trek, each series has like eight seasons of 24 episodes each. That's perfect. So there is just an, it's just yeah. so much shit. So every night I'd watch it before I go to bed and I still haven't completed it. You know, it's been like almost three years and I haven't. I used to love, I would, I would get dope and I would, I would, uh, the next generation was on every night on channel 11 at like 11 or at 12. Or yeah. 10. The captain makes or breaks the show. Picard is arguably the best captain there ever But was. that show and deep space nine I mean, forget recovery. Deep Space Nine and the Next Generation on heroin are all right. Commander Cisco. Cisco. Oh, he's I didn't a, like Cisco. I was too high. Guy. I don't even remember. His name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't into it. But I really, 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 I found it very relaxing. Yeah. But I don't think I could watch Star Trek sober. I don't I, think well, it's my I love, cup of tea. Well, I, well, I love science fiction. Like I just absolutely love it. And so Star Trek, four out of five episodes are like family fun and like political like commentary and then one is like deep cut science fiction theory which i love those ones really cool thing well on on the side note um there was a black actress i haven't seen the original series yet but there's a black actress who was in the original series that um was going to go off the show and she had like a position of power right oh denise nichols maybe uhura yeah yeah yeah. and so she was going to leave the show to pursue a broadway career and i guess Martin Luther King Jr. showed up at her house and was like, you fucking can't leave the show because it's the first time like a person of color has been depicted in like a positive way. Yeah. And like the only way like the U.S. was like ready to like see it was like in this, you know, in a galaxy far, far away. Well, that's Star Wars, but you know what I'm saying? Um, And also the first interracial kiss was on Star Trek. Yeah. Do you know this is this now this ties into Lucy because Star Trek was a Desi Lu production, right. which was her company. But um, she would go to these board meetings. This is what I heard. And um, she, knew, she knew nothing about Star Trek. And she thought it was a talent show. No. Star <laughs> Trek. <That's funny. laughs> oh, my God. That is funny. Yeah, that's funny. Let's get some dopey in here. Yeah, Todd, tell the story. <laughs> tell the story. Because we know people are like, where's the dopey? About when um, you fell off the... Uh... That's actually, you know what? That's my first attempt at going to an AA meeting. Was I was on a, um, a gay cruise, which is... And this is what year? Like roughly <sighs> two years? 1998. Oh, 98. Oh, okay, so this is back in the day. Yeah, yeah, back in the day. So, well, unless you have a more debaucherous story that's funnier. I just oh, no, no, no. I know this is, this is, yeah. This is, is this, yeah, well, you know, just because I was such a little shithead. Um, I was on this gay cruise and I kept seeing, I was with my friend and friends and I kept seeing these signs, friends of Bill W. And gay cruises are, um, 
it's something like the 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 liquor bill on a gay cruise. You know, goes like through the roof. See, you're reinforcing like, my theory of, of can compare it to like a. a but that gays have more fun. Is <laughs> yeah, that your yeah, theory? exactly. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> that's why they call it being gay, man. <laughs> so I kept seeing, um, uh, I kept seeing um, these signs, friends of Bill W, and I didn't know what it was, and I was like, who, who's like, you know, as I'm like holding my cocktail and taking my pills, I was like, who's Bill W? And so my friend was like, it's Alcoholic Anonymous. And I was like, what? I was like, who would come on a cruise <laughs> and go to like AA meetings? Like, that's just pathetic. Yeah. I mean, I was just a little nasty ass shithead. But it was also a pretty footloose and fancy free cruise, right? Yeah. Whoa, say yeah. that again. Footloose and fancy free <laughs> cruise. So I, I said to my friend, I was like, let's go get really obnoxiously giant, like tropical drinks. And go to an AA meeting. Like, <laughs> that's, right. that's terrible, right? Like I'm ashamed. It's classic. I'm more ashamed about that part than what actually happened. So it didn't happen for whatever reason. You know, we got sidetracked to something else. But the next morning, the ship was was pulling into St. Thomas, and I wanted, you know, like the perfect picture of the the uh, sun rising or whatever as we came into the harbor. So I had been partying through the night, and I stood up on this. What were you doing? I was doing uh, opiates and drinking. That's all I ever did. And judged everybody else that did anything harsh. Yeah. I never did um, crystal meth or ecstasy. I never did all those those drugs. Those party drugs. And I would just be like, those poor people. That's so dangerous, <laughs> you know. As I was combining opiates and alcohol yeah. and blacking out. But anyway, um, it was early, early morning. And I got up on this um, little plastic chair and leaned over the railing of our little tiny terrace. And the next thing I know, I'm like in the water. You fell off the boat. I fell off the boat. <laughs> but here's were you the, in? Were you was it doctor? It was going really slow. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, there were like ten cruise ships wanting to come in, so they all just slow down and one by one they come in. And um, I was really fortunate in that I fell between. There was a row of lifeboats below, and I fell just right between two lifeboats. Oh, you could have fallen yeah, into have, a rifle. No, I could have, like, cracked my head or, or been killed instantly, you know, bouncing off a lifeboat. Hitting the boat, yeah. And I was also lucky that this was 1998, and cruise ships, this particular ship was an older, smaller ship, so I didn't fall that far. Yeah. You know, so anyway, <laughs> I hit the water, and I came up, I knew what happened, and I just thought, all right, um... I don't have, like, my idea. Like, I can't, like, you know, just... You're in a how am I going to get back on the ship? <laughs> but I thought I can just... I could just... How did they know you went overboard? Well, this is it. They were... Oh, I guess it's going to be mean to say they were... They were this, this ship was, like, 99.9% gay men and, like, 1%, like, lesbians. Like, this one lesbian couple that were, like, playing basketball the whole time on the cruise. <laughs> right. So they were there, like, up on deck, you know... Watching the ship come in and they they alerted and everything and, and they saw you fall off the yeah boat. they saw me fall off the boat and apparently it's all on film and shit anyway so um, well, that's what we need to see yeah so what well, but what happened was I'll flash forward is that they they opened a door a cargo door lower down on the ship and they just I just they just pulled me back in and they took me to the infirmary. You're like, I need Did some I said, Yeah, so, well, yeah, exactly. So at that point, you know, my friends knew, and one of my friends was a lawyer, and he was like, just don't say anything. We're going to figure this out, and you're going to get a free cruise out of this. You know, so I was just, you know, I was on the little... The was little, he on the cruise? The yeah, 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 with a group of us. So, um, and everybody, they were, I was already telling jokes, like, oh, tonight at dinner... I'm going to walk in the dining room, like, like, and a fish is going to fall out of my, like, you know. I was just, I was cocky. I was yeah. like a little asshole. And I felt fine. The pain set in later. Well, because I was still really high. Anyway, so they're, like, taking really good care of me and how are you doing and all that. And I'm just thinking, yeah, this is fine, you know. And I am embarrassed, but it's, it's okay. So then in come two security people for the, for the ship. And... They just start asking, like, right away, like, you know, are you, are you on drugs? Have you been drinking? 
And I was like, well, no, like, you know, I had like some drinks last night. And then they were like, look, um, we've already pulled up your bar tab. Because apparently, <laughs> like, the cruise lines, this happens a lot. Right. And, and they're, they just, they're ready they for they the have, lawsuit. They yeah, have their system. Yeah. Yeah. It's like they're not, you know, you're not going to sue a cruise line. Yeah. So like, I wonder how much you have to drink on a cruise line. And at that point, it becomes your fault that you fell off the boat as opposed to their fault. Yeah. yeah. Like, if you drink less than $20, Sorry. Sorry. you fucking, it's, it's on them. But if it's more than 50 it's obviously because you're an alcoholic. So what so, was your bar tab? <laughs> well, they mostly were saying you had been ordering drinks you know, every hour on the hour, like since you've gotten on board. And I was like, well, I've been buying drinks for friends. And I was like, I got to say on this footnote, at this point, my lawyer friend has left. He's like, I don't know this person. He's gone. Like he's gone. I'm on my own and I'm starting to feel really anxious. Yeah. So, so then bottom line is they're like, you know, look, here's, here's what's, here's what's going to happen. Um, we've already been in your cabin. We found the Percodans. They they found they found my opiates. Yeah, and I was like, well, those are prescription, and they're like, nobody takes this many, and they're not in prescription bottles. And I was like, oh, you know, nobody carries powder and balloons that get these <laughs> <Yeah>. prescriptions. <laughs> then then the thing was, then they said, we're gonna pull up footage of you in the nightclubs. Like we have that footage, and then all I could think was, oh shit. Like, I'm in trouble. And then bottom line is, and they did this all with a smile on their face. They said, you are, um, you need help that we can't give you. And you're, you're a danger to our crew and to the other passengers. Well, you threatened to sue them when you were on the boat? No, I never, I never said sue. I never said sue. you go to AA on the boat? Well, no, no, but they, they said, they said, we're going to tell you what you're going to do. You can leave the ship, you know, now in St. Thomas. Your cruise is over. Did they give you your opiates? No. 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 They were like, they were like, you're done. And I was just like, but, you know, and, and. Because you fell off the boat. Yeah, and I was fucked up. And then they made me sign papers. So they left you in so St. Thomas? So then what'd you do yeah. in St. Thomas? Well, so then I, I got off and I. You felt horrible. Against cocky again being cocky I just assumed my friends would come with me which is like insane yeah you know and so I um, got off and it was just humiliated and flew to Puerto Rico they didn't get off with you no, no. <laughs> they stayed no. on the boat no they, they they were you know they were you know they were they were there to I was a, I was a liability I was a you know I was did you end trouble. your vacation like fly Puerto Rico fly home or yeah, no, yeah. I went to the sex clubs in Puerto Rico fucking Sam Ferguson no but then, but then um but then I was one of the first times that I started to go into withdrawal you know and that was really and also the 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 pain set in oh yeah from the, the next splash. day yeah yeah from like how did impact. you hit how did you hit the water I don't know like like I think it was my back I don't well, how really far know. was it like over t- uh, over twenty feet. Five decks. Five, oh, that's fucking... That's like five stories. That's like 50... That's really bad. That's like a real You high. can, like, die if you fall the wrong oh, way. Oh, yeah, peop- yeah, yeah, yeah. And and this is the other insane thing. <laughs> You're probably loose, so you hit the yeah, water like a baby. Um, just like... <laughs> I, was, I was the second person to go overboard on that particular cruise. Did you meet up with the first and some horror? It, no, it, it was this guy, and he had a fight with his boyfriend, and... Um, Jumped off while the ship was docked at the port. We were oh, he like port. jumped, he off, jumped himself. off. Yeah, he jumped off himself. And so like the cruise line was just like they were just like over the <laughs> ship. They were like this they is probably enough. kick people off every cruise. Yeah, yeah. You know, some very very rowdy opiate filled, you know, guy. It's yeah, like probably has a script. You know, you are not fit to gay cruise anymore. Yeah, your cruise is over. Yeah, we should do some kind of reality show called Gay Party Cruise. And when somebody can't be on the show, that's the tagline. Yeah. Your cruise is over. Like you're fired or something? <laughs> yeah, cruise is over. Yeah. Step. Something like that. Yeah. No? That's a good story. Yeah, I like that. Well, story. yeah. Five decks. Five decks. Five, five decks. <laughs> All right. I want to read because we're Actually, trying- you know what? This what? is a... Uh, you should read the email that you yeah. read me earlier. Yeah. I'm going to read an email. Wait, but why did I just think this applied? 
Uh, because there was a, a benzo taking on the plane story. I don't you know. You remember? Yeah. I'll read the. I'll read the email. Okay. Yeah. We get. We have a, a group of fans out there who call themselves the Dopey Nation. No, we call them the Dopey Nation. Well, now they call themselves the Dopey Nation too. Yeah. And once in a while, they take the time, and we love that, to write us an email, tell cool. us a story, or drop a review on iTunes. And I just want to say we appreciate every email we get, and we're always kind of backtracked. So if you email us something, we will read it on the show. It just might take a bit. Take a while. So we got this. When did we get it? We got this on August 8th. Yeah. Okay. What's up? And this guy is a... Uh, this guy Make wrote- sure you don't... I'm not going to say his name, name but this guy had said something, he had written us a message on Facebook, and it was a cool message, he was like, uh, proud to have you as a junkie, or you make, you make all the junkies out there proud, or something, (laughs) it was a nice message, and and you thought he was a trucker, but I'm pretty sure he's a DJ. Oh, because of his last name. Trucker? I'm just kidding. What's his first name? I don't know, it doesn't say here. Uh, oh yeah, I know his first name. It's Soma. Oh, no. I thought this other guy... Oh, I thought a different guy was a trucker because of his last name. It was this guy. No, there's another guy. There's a couple truckers. I think Dopey's big in the trucking industry. Yeah. But, um... Here we go. Okay. Are you enjoying your time on the show? I am. I hope it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Todd thought it was going to be five minutes. (laughs) Todd's like, where's the video cameras? Can we edit this thing? I want to do some crap. Where's Martha Stewart? (laughs) All right. What's up, guys? I got a hold of you on Facebook a while ago just to let you know how much I've been enjoying the show. I just finished the episode about smoking on an airplane, and it reminded me of a little story that happened on an airplane a couple of years ago that I figured you two would appreciate. This story is a bit of a blur. At the time, it must have been so funny that my brain just couldn't let it go regardless of the memory-inhibiting and stupidity-inducing drugs I'd carefully selected for my in-flight entertainment. (laughs) Story starts when I leave my house in Ohio for the airport. I was flying out to Denver, an early flight, probably like 7 a.m. I pop an entire Xanax bar, which was pretty unusual for me at the time, and see, I used to take so many Xanaxes at once. Yeah. Yeah, but if you take... Yeah, anyway, Xanax bar is strong. Yeah. Two milligram, whatever. Uh, And a couple 10 milligram Roxy's as I hopped in the car. Xanax being my airline drug of choice because it let me, A, not even consider the possibility of being anxious on the plane, and B, drastically increases the potential of the outrageously priced airline alcohol. When I get to my gate, I realize there's a coffee shop slash bar only one gate over. So I immediately head there and oblivious to the looks of disgust from a group of well-to-do suit and tie businessmen drinking coffee and reading the paper next to me, I slam a couple Jameson shots and chug a shock top. At this point, I'm pretty wobbly in the knees as the Xanax kicks in and I stumble over to my gate and board the plane. On the plane, I realize that I'm completely surrounded by 20-something girls, and the two sitting on either side of me explain that they're with the University of Cincinnati women's soccer team, and they're flying out to play a game in Denver. I don't remember taking off or falling asleep on my tray table, but I came to, and the stewardess is standing there looking kind of worried and asking me if I want anything to drink. I order two of the mini Jack Daniels shooters for fucking $20 and pay with an expired prepaid Visa card. I forgot that I had been saving for the occasion. I had previously heard a myth that airline companies can't actually run credit cards until after the plane has landed. (laughs) So if you pay with any type of card, with or without money on it, it will go through. This proved to be accurate and I never got charged. I toss back the whiskey and then somehow remember the haze that I had in my pocket a small gram-sized baggie with a pinch of pure alprazolam powder. Insanely potent shit that was too strong strong to even be doing key bumps of responsibly. So I dig out the baggie, open it up, and after licking a toothpick, I found along with it in my pocket, I start digging around in the bag to coat the toothpick with powder. So I'm sucking the toothpick, digging for more alpraz, sucking the toothpick, etc. 
for a couple of minutes before I realize the girls on either side of me are fucking staring at me. Obviously, totally uncomfortable and concerned. I decide it's probably best to ease the tension, but can't think of anything to say, so I just kind of mutter, don't worry, it's all prescription. <laughs> the girls look at each other. That's probably what reminded you of from Todd's story when they yeah, tried yeah, yeah. opiates. Um, the girls look at each other and breathe a sigh of relief as I immediately start laughing uncontrollably at my own excuse and the prospect of any doctor in the world prescribing a 22-year-old, barely functioning drug addict, a crack sack bag of anonymous white powder. Uh, I don't remember any of the rest of the flight, but I do remember waking up on the tarmac and asking one of the girls why we hadn't left yet. (laughs) She asked what I mean by that, and I probably a little too aggressively go... Why the fuck are we still on the ground in Cincinnati? <laughs> she just shakes her head and goes, Dude, you're in Denver. Good luck with whatever it is you do. And leaves. <laughs> there you have it. A long-ass story about pretty much nothing. Still, I know if anybody's going to get a kick out of that one, it's the dopey guys. Stay strong and keep those podcasts coming. On a side note, my coworkers think I'm completely insane because I walk around all day with headphones on, listening to Dopey and laughing to myself. I just tell him it's the SMI. Soma. And if you don't know, SMI stands for Severe Mental Illness. Oh, I like that. And you know who has the severe (laughs) mental illness? (laughs) Seriously. He's been in many places as SMI. Severely mentally ill. Yeah. You would not believe... You should just listen to Dopey just to hear the stuff that he's done. <laughs> Chris makes all other addicts not addicts. He makes all other true? addicts sober. <laughs> uh, yeah, there were some dark periods. Right. <laughs> he's the worst. <laughs> he's the worst. Um, but uh, it's not true. I'm just kidding. I was watching this uh, documentary on DJ AM, one of our fans. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, wait, uh, yeah, a fan told us to watch The guy from the Vipassana retreat told me to watch it. And DJ AM was this big time DJ. You've heard of him. Maybe. It doesn't matter. And uh, he was like, I think he's dead. I think he died in a plane crash. I'm not sure. I didn't get to the end yeah. of the movie. But uh, he was a horrible crack addict and a very, very talented musician and this and that. And, uh, and somebody is like, just tell, lets him know that he's just a run-of-the-mill uh, addict. So, yeah. Chris, you're just a run-of-the-mill addict. But that's a great letter, right? I'm sorry I just... That was really talking. good. It's a great, that's great email. Funny. We got a lot of good emails to read. We do. We sure do. Um, I don't know. That was fun, right? You guys had fun? I had fun. Did you? I don't know what I said, but I had fun. Um, good. And I told you the hour went by pretty quickly. And we put a yeah. little recovery in there. Yeah. Thank you for that. We put a lot of recovery into this. I hope that's okay. Our recovery Compar- is always good. Comparatively. Yeah. I, I told the story of... I, I, um, I used to... Uh, did you do a lot of drugs on planes? Um, I got drunk a lot on planes. I didn't do a lot of drugs on planes. I would do as many drugs on planes that I possibly could. I would, uh, I would have... I would fly with heroin all the time in my pocket, all the time. Uh, I would fly back from California with an Afrin bottle, you know, full of tar and water and just like be be squirting it up my nose. And um, and one of the, we had to erase a bunch of episodes because it was devastating to my family. But uh, (laughs) one of the stories was that I was coming back from, uh, I was, no, I was here. I was on a business trip. I used to have a business. And uh, I was flying someplace to go shoot a TV show, and I seized on the plane before the plane took off. <laughs> and they had to wheel me off at LaGuardia, off the plane, and I came to, on, on a stretcher, getting wheeled down the aisle, screaming, I just fell asleep! I wasn't having a seizure. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, and uh, I never shot dope on a plane. I, I remember in Boston once... That I was at the bar, it was early, and I had ten double vodkas on the rocks in the course of, like, an hour at the bar. Just back to back to back. So, like, 20 drinks. And the same single bartender served me every single one. They wouldn't... I've never seen a bar that would ever do that. They'd cut you off. You know? I didn't know, um, after 9-11, I didn't relate to people saying how horrible flying was after that. The security and the lines and all that stuff. 
because I would be so fucked up. You don't have no right. reference. I have, I was just like I was like I don't know what I would I would use miles to go business class or whatever, and then I would um, be high before I even got to the airport, and then I'd be on the plane and I would just keep drinking and drinking. And I'd be like, I love flying. And I would just, you know, I just thought it was great. And then the first time I flew sober was just a short flight to Boston. And I, I just was like, this is horrible. Yeah. This is so it's fucking so horrible. So and I was flipping out. What we can tolerate on yeah. drunk. Yeah. <laughs> I remember being in the Caribbean once. We were taking like a puddle jumper. It was from like St. Martin to Anguilla. And I sat at the bar with uh, it was my, my ex-girlfriend. And we got drunk. And there was a couple next to us, and we were getting pretty wasted. And then we took the little puddle jumper, and it was just me, my ex, and that couple. And I was talking to the uh, the pilot a lot, and he let me fly the plane. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Because there was, like, one person in the front, you know what I mean? So I was like, sitting in the co-pilot seat. Like, he's like, he's, and the people were, like, in the back, like, what the fuck? He's like, young man, you want to sit on my lap and fly the plane? <laughs> And it's like, everybody in the cabin, don't worry if you feel anything. I remember his name. It was Fox. Chris with severe <laughs> mental illness is going to be taking the controls. Illness, illness, illness. What did I say? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, one time when I was young, when I was very young, I was uh, in San Francisco. And, like, I, I was just, like, really getting my stoner feet wet. Yeah. And, like, uh, I was staying... Staying at a friend of mine was in a, a co-op, like a, a hippie co-op kind yeah. of thing. And one of the dudes was growing Durban poison, but it's a strain of mm. weed. Yeah. And I, I just stole, like I filled my pockets yeah. with the bud. And I, t- I actually taught myself how to play piano in his house. Yeah. But then um, I remember when we were flying home, I was in the San Francisco airport and there was like a smoking lounge. Yeah. And I was like... 19 or 18 or something and I start rolling joints and I'm just smoking joints in the airport (laughs) smokers lounge because I could because it just stunk so bad it was like just of cigarettes it was the middle of the night I figured you know and I didn't get caught it was very exciting it was good it was good but um alright we're done it's good yay but thank you should we play Cormac's song to close it out this episode Sure. Should we have his, you know, instead of Good So Bad, we'll play Cormac song? Yeah, with John's drums with on it. John's drums on it. Okay. Yeah, let's do That's that. That's great. So, so up next is Cormac's song with who's our... part of the Dopey Nation, and we had somebody uh, add drums to his song. Somebody. John. I'm sure John's The producer. Gonna, I'm sure... The producer. I mean the beat master. The Fred. Well, <laughs> we shall see. Why don't we talk about that for a second? Uh, we'll save that. For no, me. I'd like to tell Todd he's going to think it's very juicy. Uh, a buddy of mine uh-huh. it's not really juicy a buddy of mine is a drummer and he he was in my band Todd went to see my band yeah he did and you were very good thank you mm. um, so Sidewalk my drummer Cafe was yeah. that it yeah, yeah. Uh, so my drummer like wanted to do sound effects for the show and he did he did one of them yeah. last episode yeah right uh, maybe two, maybe two, two ago. episodes ago yeah. um, and uh, it was cool but Chris has such fucking fucked up ADD that like when and SMI that when John plays the sound effects Chris can't think (laughs) so like Chris is trying to talk and John's like playing sort of funny stuff he plays like I just get like stopped in my tracks but Chris is like he closed his eyes like you just see sweat it's like cold (laughs) and the sweat's coming and then I John did an excellent job he was very good he did really cool shit Um, but then like I was like and and we I had invited him to come tonight Mm -hmm. And I said, but listen, I'm sorry, John, I have to tell the story. I probably shouldn't have told the story. But uh, I said, listen, you're just going to do one episode. And John fucking got so pissed. Yeah. And he was like, if I can't do every episode, I'm not doing <laughs> any episode. And I was like, fine. I was waiting tables, and he's texting but me. But this was through text, so yeah. I mean, the right, right. accentuating is ad-libbed. Right, it is, yeah. But anyway, so now John's agreed to do some episodes. Oh, he has. That's he, the latest. Yeah, so John, so stay tuned. Well, it's funny. We were talking about this, and Dave accidentally records it on his phone and texts it to John. <laughs> Seriously, by mistake. Yeah. It's like a, a total uh, uh, nightmare. Like an audio text or something. Like oh, that. oh, God. Yeah. No, we didn't say anything bad. We were just yeah. talking about it. Yeah. That also reminds me. Anybody in the Dopey Nation... Let's say you have a great story that you want to get on Dopey. 
a possibility is to record it on your phone and email it to dopeypodcast at gmail.com. We had one person do that, one fan do that. He emailed us a 10-minute audio story, but um, he doesn't want us to air it. But it was pretty good. He didn't want us to air it? No, he said no. Okay. Yeah. Um, So... We would love to air one of your stories. And if you have any questions for Todd, email us, email us and we will uh, we'll ask them for you. Email us at, uh, at dobypodcast at gmail.com. And also, Chris, tell them. If you can, drop us a review. People fucking write Ooh. us emails. Yeah. Like, thank you, you've helped me, I'm in trouble, I don't know what to do. And Chris is like, just ask him to write a review. <laughs> that, that's his first, first, and like, Chris, why do you think, I mean, it's because a review for you is like, a, it's like an injection of cocaine uh, well, at this I'm point. Hoping when you see one, it's just your bells ring or whatever you call it. I'm hoping it'll legitimize us so the people at iTunes will notice us and put us on the new and noteworthy. We're not new future. anymore. No, I read you can article. get on the note. You can get on the noteworthy side? Yes, yeah, so you can get on the noteworthy because if you look, there's podcasts that have been out for years on it. Yeah, Todd, can you write a review? Yeah, definitely. Do you use an iPhone? Yeah. Okay, then you could. Yeah. And you guys could too, members of the disgruntled Dopey Nation. <laughs> uh, but uh, we're done. Dopey Nation, stay strong. Say toodles. Toodles, bye. Toodles. The first person I ever said toodles besides him. Nobody ever says toodles, really? thank you. Yep. <laughs> I want to take a walk around the world. Wonder would it do me any good Until I get some money in my pocket Then I guess I'll just have to walk around my neighborhood But I want to be good so bad want to be so good, so bad, so bad I want to be good so bad Bad desire's all I ever had I want to take a ride up in the sky Watch this airplane just pass me by And I want to see a Lear jetliner take a dive Just to show all of these people what it means to be alive But I want to be good so bad Want to be so good, so bad, so bad I want to be good so bad Bad desire's all I ever